Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Arash, Arman, it is just you and me today. How are you doing, my my man? I'm doing well. It is strange. I don't know if we've ever done just you and I, G. Hey, we've done it on your pod, but I don't know if we've done it on this. So this is really cool. Um, excited to talk sports with you. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm very very excited, especially since the Lakers are, are we are, are we back on this train now, or what 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 is going on with the Lake Show? That was an impressive win just for the fact that they're missing their top three players and to pull off a win in a much needed night in Oklahoma city and the way that they did it after the Anthony Davis news, which I know a lot of Laker fans were upset on Twitter. Jihei, what were your thoughts on that? Because five days ago, Darvin Ham said that they're going to play everybody on back to backs. No more, managing minutes and no more restrictions and then davis sits out with what they were deeming as a stress reaction in his foot it sounds like the injury was legitimate and that they didn't just make it up out of thin air to give him an extra night's rest what were your thoughts on how they handled the the whole situation there well at first i thought you know probably what everybody else was thinking like why would you sit him out you know play him figure it out um do what you got to do. Right. But I mean, they bounced back. So, I mean, the fact that you can kind of depend maybe on your, I don't want to say lesser guys, but the, the fact that you can depend not on your stars, I guess is, is very reassuring. I think for the Lakers, at least moving forward. Um, I don't know how far this is going to help them advance, <laughs> but, um, or, you know, make the plan, but it gives you a little bit more hope. What were your thoughts on it? Well, at first, it was a very puzzling look because you have a back-to-back, and Memphis was the first game, Oklahoma City's the second. Everybody would have agreed that Oklahoma City was the easier game to win. So if you knew that Davis was going to miss a game, you would rather have him miss the Memphis game and play the Oklahoma City game so you win the game that you're more likely to win. Now, it didn't end up mattering because they won it without him anyways, but just the optics of it and the logistics of it, if it was a kind of a preconceived rest day, was not really a good look by the Lakers logically. But in the end, I guess it doesn't really matter because they win. Now, Friday's the interesting one because Minnesota's two games ahead of them, I believe, in the play-in race. 
And this is a game the Lakers can definitely win, but they've already ruled out D'Angelo Russell, which, by the way, if D'Angelo Russell is being ruled out for a Friday game on Wednesday night, that's his ankle injury. I don't know how severe it is, but it doesn't seem like he's, you know, particularly close. I mean, I guess he could play on Sunday, but the fact that they ruled him out two days in advance is kind of surprising to me. But if they get Anthony Davis back, Minnesota on Friday, that's literally their biggest game that they will play from, I mean, at least, you know, every game is going to be their biggest game. But this game, given the playing race and how it's shaping out right now, they're right in the thick of it. They're in 11th place. So we'll see what happens on Friday. But I'm really excited to see how it transpires. I mean, like you said, every game is a must win for these guys right now. Um yeah, that is very interesting. But I mean, if they bring back Anthony Davis, you know, I mean, I, I Ru- Russell's not really like as much of a concern for me, right? I, I think um, you need Davis more than you're going to need, you know, D'Angelo. So um, I guess looking forward to that game tomorrow that we'll definitely be talking about um, um, later on with uh, Nick Hamilton in the second segment. Um Going over to the Clippers and their standings and what's going on with them right now, um, how how are you feeling about the Clippers as we move forward into the season? You know, honestly, I know that there's a lot of pessimism going on with the 0-3 start with Russell Westbrook, but I just... 0-4, dude. 0-3, 0-3, I think, with Westbrook. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'll I'll look it up, but I want to say 0-4. But but Let's look. Let's yeah, double check I will, that. I will, but I will definitely double check that. Regardless, I, I look at it and I see the pessimism. So the first game was the Sacramento game. And that was, I mean, an absolute choke job by the Clippers. But if you're looking at it from a glass half full perspective, they were up by 12 with four minutes left. They looked pretty solid against what I think is a really good team in Sacramento. And the records indicate that they're a really, really good team. The second game... They're playing Denver. It's the second night of a back-to-back. For Denver, it was the second night of a back-to-back. A game that the Clippers, again, if you look at it from that perspective, maybe should have won. They were right in it, and and they couldn't pull it off. And then the Minnesota game, that was the one that was more troublesome because you're home, you know what's at stake, you're falling into that playing tournament mix that you do not want to be a part of. That one was concerning, but I just look at it as the sample size is still far too small. They have adjustments that they can make with their lineups and their roster. Who knows if they will actually make those adjustments, but I still think that this team in a wide open Western conference, I guess actually when I use the word wide open, it really just depends on what your thoughts are on the Nuggets and Phoenix and Golden State. Personally, I still, you know, I want to see what Phoenix looks like before we crown them. Denver, again, postseason success-wise, I want to see if they actually are the same team that they are in the regular season in the postseason. With all that being said, the pathway is still there for the Clippers as long as they stay out of that playing tournament. And I'm going to give one more caveat, Jihei. Avoid Phoenix in round one at all costs. Don't end up in a matchup in round one where... Let's say they're the five seed and the Suns are the four seed. Try your best, if possible, 
to avoid Phoenix in round one. Do you agree with that? I agree with that just because of now the uh, KD matchup, right, that Phoenix um, has against, I guess, everybody now, but especially um, with the Clippers, it's definitely going to be difficult. As it stands right now, they are in fourth, uh, and I'm talking about the Suns, and the Clippers are in sixth um, place in the West. Uh, Does that mean that they would probably – unfortunately play each other if the, if the season ended today would they be playing one another no well fourth oh, and right. six so the, the suns is that is that let me pull up the standings really quickly but my understanding is the clippers are looking at i mean it's all so close it, it yeah golden state and the clippers are tied but the clippers have one more loss and then dallas yeah. is a half a game behind the way that i see this season playing out I really think that Memphis and Sacramento are going to swap places, meaning Sacramento moves up to two and Memphis moves down to three. And if that's the case, if I'm the Clippers, I want Memphis in round one. So I would actually prefer to stay in sixth place and play the three-seeded Grizzlies than to move up to fifth and play Golden State or Phoenix, potentially. I, I As long as the Clippers avoid... By the way... When it comes down to the playoffs, you're probably going to meet these teams anyways. So I understand that logic as well. But if you can avoid it for a round, I'm all for it. Avoid Phoenix, avoid Golden State. And if you can, try to play Memphis. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on this one. Um, obviously, it's just a better matchup, right, for them. It's not a great matchup to uh, be playing the Suns. In the in round one, so you can get that easy quick out, so to speak. Um, especially with again, like I said, with KD now in their lineup, I, I'm I'm just really really worried about these lineups that Kylu is putting in. Right? It's it just I don't know. For me, it doesn't make sense. What about you? What about you? Yeah, we discussed this a little bit yesterday, but the the Marcus Morris senior minutes right now, at best, I would say. They're, you know, they're breaking even in those minutes where I feel like what they had going with Terrence Mann was obviously it was beneficial for the for the whole team and for the starting lineup and for all involved. So I didn't understand the need to bench Terrence Mann and, and change his role. I understand that if if you make that swap, they would be smaller, but I think whether it's Kawhi Leonard, whether it's Terrence Mann, whether it's even Russell Westbrook, they could guard the power forward on another team on any given night. They need to do something to infuse a little bit more into that starting lineup. And I think the the answer is Terrence Mann. I I don't understand why they got away from him. And then also, I actually, if you do move Terrence Mann into the starting lineup, I, I like Bones Highland point guarding that second unit. And I know that, you know, sometimes Bones will get tunnel vision and he doesn't always do the best of jobs at creating for his teammates. But with more reps, I really like his upside. And I really think that giving him that second unit and letting him control things is beneficial for the Clippers. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I would I would love it if, I would love it if my, I guess my optimum lineup would ha- just not have Russ there and mm. not have Marcus Morris there because 
those two are kind of, you know, not helpful towards towards the squad um, at this current moment in time. I mean, anytime you have Kawhi, Kawhi's playing his mind out right now. So super grateful for that at the current moment in time. I mean, yeah, I mean, put in the young guys, put in like, let, let's keep man in. Let's keep, you know, I don't know. These guys need to just play a lot more with one another, I feel. Um, I'm coming more along the lines of enjoying uh, Plumlee on that uh, during that lineup right now because he is very helpful on um, alleviating some minutes for Zoo, especially since he is coming off of injury. So I'm kind of grateful for that as well. Maybe just kind of keep those guys in and we don't really need right um marcus on there we don't really need uh russell on there yeah yeah i, I i'm still confused at the russell pickup by the way it it just doesn't make sense to me um yeah i mean i do you see also do you see this team moving moving forward um sons or no sons do you see this team even moving forward past that first round I still think that this team can win the NBA championship. I understand the wow, skepticism. Really? I don't I don't think they will win the NBA championship. But again, there is a void that is allowing for all these teams, including Golden State, who's sitting at 32 and 30, the Clippers at 33 and 31. There's there's an opening. And if anybody catches that momentum at the right moment in time. They could go to the NBA Finals. Now, personally, I think that from the Eastern Conference, Boston and Milwaukee are in a different weight class than everybody else, but they can be beaten. I don't think that Boston or Milwaukee is invincible, but when it comes down to the West, if you tell me right now, and this speaks to really anybody in general, if you tell me that you know what's going to happen in the Western Conference, I just I just can't believe you because it seems so wide open this year. If you pick Denver and you you emphasize it because of their home record, they're 28 and four at home. I understand the logic. But again, we haven't seen them actually go all the way to the finals. And that hump is so difficult to overcome sometimes. I just, I think it's wide open. Why can't it be the Clippers when you have Kawhi playing at such a high level? The key will be Paul George. And we know that if Paul George can play at a level where he's 26 points a night, taking care of the basketball, playing great defense on the other end. I don't understand why the Clippers can't be that team that catches momentum at the right time. But again, the Clippers have this have this stigma, which, you know, obviously never being to the finals before, that that's such a mental hurdle they're going to have to overcome as well. They just need to find some momentum. If they can do that, I'm not giving up on them for, you know, the sky being the limit. Yeah, I mean, at this current moment in time, as it stands, I mean, going zero and three at this, you know, with Russ on there, and you were right, by the way, you uh, it was zero and three, not um, zero and four, since the Russell trade. I don't know. I mean, like so, something's got to give, right? Or is this a strategy for them to push themselves down in the standing so they don't have to meet up with the Suns? Are they like strategically failing so they can not meet the Suns? I don't think that that's a strategy yet because you can't really mess around too much given the fact that the difference between the sixth seed and being the 11th seed right now is only two and a half games. So if you keep doing that and, you know, kind of tank games to 
put yourself in a position, you could tank your way right out of the playing tournament. And by the way, the Clippers are playing in Golden State tonight, and then they get the Sacramento Kings on the road, I believe. Yes, on the road tomorrow. So that's a really tough back-to-back that they might lose both games in. And then if they do lose both games, you're 33-33, and and you're right in the thick of the playing tournament, which... No, they're not strategically losing games yet, but I do think if there's a if there's a way for them to do that in maybe the final five games, we could see them do that to maybe position themselves in a matchup that they see favorable. But right now, Jihei, I mean, Golden State tonight on the road, Sacramento tomorrow. What a monumental two games right here for for the Clippers. And obviously with Westbrook and company, they're 0-3, they're and if they go to like 0-5, people are going to let them hear about it. You know that. Well, and they should. They should. I mean, who the heck goes 0-5 when you have who you have, right? When you have the roster that you have. It's not acceptable. It's just not. Um uh, they're just if they go 0 and 5 I will lose it. I will I will come back on the show and I will flip my stuff because <laughs> I I will just I'll just be insanely disappointed in in them cuz it it just doesn't make sense with the talent that they have and the uh the guys that they have it it's it's unacceptable at at, at this point I, I guess. Well, how will your tone be if they do beat Golden State tonight? It'll be you should have beat Golden State. I, I like. I here's my thing is that I have ex- <laughs> I have expectations to a certain degree, right? Like you should be trying to win everything. In in my personal opinion, I get I get the strategy of like, you no, know, we don't want to play this person and we don't want to play that person, so we're gonna lose this game and that game. But that's not where my mindset is. My mindset is let's go for first. Let's go for let's go for broke. Right. And that's not what they're doing right now. So it's just, it's kind of disappointing. So yeah, they should be winning every single game. They, it shouldn't matter. And I'm really, I'm really hoping that that's maybe what they're, they're doing. Maybe they're just not doing well at it. Um, just due to those matchups or anything, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I'm always disappointed in the Clippers. So I, I don't know until, until you make it to the uh, championship and you win the West. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. I, a very fair, very fair way to put it. And by the way, the Clippers are not the only team that's going through that kind of figuring it out process. You have Dallas, who's in seventh, and they're dealing with the same kind of drama with Luca and Kyrie being one and four as a duo. And they have a game tonight where they host the Sixers on TNT, and then they host the Suns on Sunday on ABC. So the Clippers are not the only team in the West that has no time to figure it out. Again, I don't say that to give the Clippers a cop-out. I'm just saying that there are a lot of teams right now dealing with uncertainty, which is a good thing for the Clippers. It gives them, it's like misery loves company. (laughs) It's like, all right, we still have some time, not a lot of time, but some time to figure this out. Unfortunately, the schedule does not help them, but I like what you just said, Jihei. Who cares about the opponent? If we are this contender-level team, we should embrace these challenges and live up for these challenges instead of avoiding them. And I, I think that tonight will be a great test of what their moxie is like 
because even without Stephen Curry, even without Andrew Wiggins, the Warriors are 25 and seven at home. They're a different ball club at home and beating them in their place, regardless of if Steph is in or out, I would like that win a lot for the Clippers. Now, if you lose without Steph and you drop to 0 and 4 with Russ, man, everybody's going to be talking. Everybody's going to be talking about well, it. So, and also, where do you go from there? Do you, do you finally bench Russ? Like, what what do you do? I don't, I don't think Russ has been the issue necessarily. I think they need to take better care of the basketball. They need to do, you know, some lineup adjustments regarding, as we said, Marcus Morris Senior. Maybe, but I don't really think yet it's a Westbrook issue. Has he had his moments where? He's a little careless in crunch time, yes, but I don't think that he's justified with his play, maybe a demotion. But you know, we'll we'll have to see what Ty Lu comes up with. I know that we're gonna be talking about this a lot more in segment two with Nick. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say about this, and you know, if, I I guess if uh, you know, there's other obviously there's other factors. Right. There's there's other factors and there's other things that we need to uh, to discuss when it comes to that. But we will discuss that in the second segment with Nick. Um, let's leave it there for now. Again, we'll be talking to Nick Hamilton um, when we come back here on the Arash Markazi show. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, please call our hotline, guys. We do check it at 310-400-0340. Okay, guys, let's go to the guest uh, Sporting Tribune guest hotline. Here with Nick Hamilton, the hardest working mother bleep I can't say on the radio um, <laughs> in Southern California. Nick, how you do? Oh, I'm good. I'm out here in these media streets trying to get everything I can get done, you know, but I appreciate the, the warm welcome. Thank you all once again for having me on this fine program. <laughs> well, we love you, Nick, and we love having you on every single week. It's kind of nice to have some kind of consistency uh, with you. Uh we were talking about in the first segment, obviously, we got to get it out of the way. Your Lakers. Just kidding. The Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> you got um, jokes. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm hilarious this, this afternoon. So um, <laughs> the Lakers, they came back with a win without 
LeBron James without Anthony Davis, what does this mean for the Lakers? Are we still in the same spot? It means absolutely nothing. It just means that OKC really just sucks. And the fact <laughs> that the Lakers had to really gut out a win without those two individuals that you named, and as Dennis Schroeder rolled his ankle uh, on top of that, uh, but at the same time, the Lakers are nowhere out the woods at all. And the thing about it is, I don't, as I said before, and I'll continue to say unless I see otherwise, they don't make the play-in tournament. They either are couch surfing during the playoffs or Cancun. Either one, uh, the Lakers will not make it. And I don't I don't think LeBron is coming back. Like, I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor. I only, I've only did a voiceover for one on radio. Uh, but I don't foresee LeBron coming back, especially if LeBron plans on playing another couple of years and that foot injury is i think maybe a little bit more severe than they're leading on um and like darvin ham said you know to rush him back based upon you know where we are in the standings or games or things of that nature would not be the smartest thing to do and i'm paraphrasing but he's absolutely right about that especially with anthony davis mr bubble wrap himself um you know, you don't know what's going on with Anthony Davis, and that thing could be more severe as far as his injuries is concerned as well. So I think, um, you know, the Lakers are going to fight, uh, but they don't have enough sticks in in the in the, in the Coliseum to fight off the, the the deadly lions that they're facing up ahead. So, um, like I told Laker fans and all these Laker myopics before, enjoy LeBron. And we also said once LeBron eclipsed that milestone, we'll be seeing less and less of LeBron. He'll he'll be you'll see Dr. Dre drop an album before we see more of LeBron being on the court. So Nick, I completely agree with you. My whole thing though is I'm trying to figure out. So Utah basically right now is semi they're trying to make the plan but they're not very good anymore after the trade deadline jordan clarkson is now injured colin sexton is injured the jazz are in ninth place they're starting Taylor horton tucker at point guard which god bless tht but i don't know how sustainable that is if utah drops out somebody has to get in the lakers are in 11th portland's in 12th okc is in 13th i agree with you that i don't think it's gonna be the lakers but let's assume Utah does fall. Who would? Who do you think it would be? Would it be Portland, OKC? Well, I don't like assuming because you know what they, what they say about assuming. So I'll just say this, hypothetically speaking. I, look, I know Arash. I know he's not on today, and, and he may be listening, and he's still going to cape up for his Lakers. He's going to be waving the purple and gold flag. And it sounds like you're kind of waving that flag just a little bit. You're kind of nervous about sticking it out the window. <laughs> but I will say this much. I think Portland is a team that you have to watch. I mean, Portland's only a half a game of the Lakers in a game and a half out of that 10th spot, right? So it, it, to, to use their scenario, if Utah does fall, I think Portland, because they have better weapons, obviously you can't go wrong with, with, with Dame Dollar. Because it's Dame time. He's going to make sure it's going to be Dame time. I mean, a man the other night just dropped 71 points. Uh, I think Portland has a very a much stronger chance at making the play-in tournament than uh, the Lakers. I just think the Lakers are too decimated with injury. I think they don't know what direction they want to go. And I think Darvin Ham comes up uh, at times confused on his rotations and sets, um, which can really plague a team. Um, and so I think it's, it's just, it's, 
it's too much. It's 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 a landslide of of things that are just too much to handle, too much to bear. And I think Portland's going to take advantage. Yeah, um, you're right about me half being still in just because it's like the bottom of the West is so inconsistent that all it takes is two or three wins in a row. But I agree with you, Nick. I, I think the Lakers are too decimated and it's just too much to overcome at this point. What about the Clippers? 0-3 with Westbrook. They're playing in Golden State tonight. They're in Sacramento tomorrow night. What are your thoughts overall on the Westbrook experience so far? And are you concerned about them going into the playoffs? Well, here's the thing. That's the narrative that we all have to stop like you can't blame Westbrook for them being 0-3 and I think that's the real false narrative that's being painted here because yeah he made a bad shot near the end of the game but how many bad shots have we seen him make with the Lakers right and yeah to some degree he has to take some responsibility for that but coming into a new system a new franchise that's not on Westbrook that's on the entire team that's on a team even though Zubak I know was gone for a couple of games and they missed that middle presence but at the same time, you still have Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard, right? Two of the leaders of this team. And then you have Paul George coming out saying, well, I don't know if I could really be a, 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 that leader or that guy that you can kind of depend on the play. Why the hell would you say some crap like that? Even if that's <laughs> what you felt. You know what? I am I give a piece of advice. Learn the vocabulary of silence. Sometimes that is golden, even platinum. Because... Certain things don't always need to be said. I know we live in a social media age, but that could be that mentally that could mess with a team. On top of that, I think Ty Lue is so damn confused. He don't know which end is up when it comes to rotations and sets, knowing what players to rotate, how to manage his rotation, how to be able to know which players are going to be at their strengths versus their weaknesses. We witnessed that the last three games. Those three games were easily obtainable win games. You've lost against a, a very, to me, probably arguably one of the greatest games we've seen this season against the Sacramento Kings in double overtime. I thought, damn it, I thought it was an, an all-star game, part two, with that type of score. And you're going back up to Sacramento. You're going to Golden State, two teams that are fighting, continue to fight for their position in the playoff picture. Um, Sacramento is, has been ridiculously good. They have been battle-tested. They have fought. Uh, between Malik Monk and uh, De'Aaron Fox and those guys. And then look at Golden State. They're starting to emerge back. At one point, Golden State was in the playing tournament and even out of the playoffs at one point. Now they're sitting at the fifth seed tied with the Clippers. And I think, you know, playing it in Golden State is not an easy place to play. If Golden State could put it together, we could easily see the Clippers go on a five-game losing streak, which could easily drop them into the, the playing tournament at that point. Um, this Clippers team, I don't know what their identity is right now. I think that's something they need to definitely figure out. I think Paul George is an incredibly gifted player. I mean, we've seen Paul George put this team on his shoulders before as he carried them to the Western Conference Finals against Phoenix that year without uh, Kawhi Leonard, who was injured. Uh, so this year is really no excuse. This year, the Clippers have got to get it done. If they don't at least reach the NBA Finals, which is going to be a very difficult task, especially with the Phoenix Suns, who have KD, who are finding, who they are also figuring out, and I think it's going to take less time for them to figure out because of the guys they already have in place with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and those guys, uh, with Monty Williams being the head coach. Um, if they don't make the NBA Finals, I think they need to go. They, I would not be surprised if they if they decimate this team and. 
uh, center this team around Paul George moving in, in, in the future. So Jihei and I discussed this in segment one, and this is getting a little bit too far ahead of ourselves, but I think it's something that can definitely be possible at the end of the regular season. If the Clippers are in a position where they're matching up with, let's say, Phoenix or Golden State, but let's say they have the option of maybe dropping a few games and playing Sacramento or Memphis. Do you do you live by that philosophy or do you live by the philosophy of bring in whoever we have to play and we'll play whoever in round one? You need to have that mentality because three out of those four teams are not going to be easy series. Sacramento's not going to be easy series. That's going to be a fun series that can go the distance. But Golden State and Phoenix, especially if they get it going and they figure out their chemistry and really start to kind of, you know, depend on one another and really start to gel. Um, and, and and we know how prolific a scorer KD is. Um, you add that with Devin Booker. You add that with Chris Paul, the veteran leadership of Chris Paul. Um, that could be a very, very tough series uh, for you could easily go out in five or six games, uh, especially with the Sacramento Kings. I think a lot of people underestimate the Sacramento Kings. I think the Sacramento Kings have a chip on their shoulder the size of Frito-Lay. I think that they feel like they have not gotten there just do it. They haven't, um, to be quite honest with you, because we're all surprised at, at the consistency. You talk about the inconsistency of the West, but Sacramento has consistently been in that top four spot majority of the season. And so when you look at what they've been able to accomplish in Sacramento and that mentality and that locker room and that togetherness and that brotherhood they've been able to develop, I think they're going to come out with guns blazing. And I think they're going to come out ready to, to lock and load and be like, hey, man, we're going to defend our home court to the best of our ability, no matter who comes in. See, they have the mentality, bring on who we need to bring on. We have something to prove. If the Clippers come in and with that, oh, well, we'll just drop back and we want to play this team and that, you're going to lose. And the way that the Clippers are playing right now, they're subject to be bounced in the first round because of how they play. We didn't say that in the beginning or even midway through the season because we saw the Clippers. We saw, oh, man, we look at the depth. He, they had some injuries along the way. We said, okay, Ty Lue is facilitating. He's being able to move guys around and play to their strength. Now, not so much, at least in these last several games. Um, and so that's going to be really a tough – it's going to be tell the tell of how Ty Lue finishes up this season with the L.A. Clippers. Um, can he finish strong? Can he go on a, a five- to seven-game winning streak to head into the playoff picture to really build some momentum? Can he do that? That's the question we need to figure out and find out rather quickly. Yeah, I agree with that, Nick. I wanted to point out one thing, and I don't know if this is regarding what we're seeing in with the Denver Nuggets or where these comments came from, but Draymond Green said on his podcast, and I quote, I feel like over the years, European players have not caught the same flack of winning a championship as U.S. players. Now, I'm of the belief that this is the year for Nikola Jokic specifically. You you have to make the NBA Finals um, to, to, you know, kind of back up that resume that he's put together in the regular season. What are your thoughts on Draymond's comments right there about European players? I think he has some, I think there's some validity to that. I think when you overlook look at the overall picture of the the level of uh, expectation when it comes to European players, especially the the mass exodus of players coming from Europe into the NBA and how the NBA wants to continue to to build a, this global brand, which is why you have the Basketball Africa League, which is why you have teams playing in Europe, whether it be France or the United Kingdom or places of that nature. 
um, Germany, you know, places like that. You have because the NBA is a business and you have to understand it's the National Business Association before it's basketball. And that's what any entity of these days, because you have to facilitate funding in order for you um, to, um, you know, be successful. And so I think there is a, a different standard. There is a different standard for the Joker versus Joel Embiid or even Giannis, for that matter. Um, there is a different standard because of who the audience, the audience that they're trying to appeal to that does not necessarily look like us, even those of us in America. Um, that's just the bottom line of it. So, yeah, there's some validity to what Draymond Green has said. Um, now, to the intricate parts of it, it gets a little dicey because we don't know the ins and outs of the financial a model of what the NBA, the ultimate goal of what the NBA is trying to accomplish. And again, I'm not mad at the NBA for wanting to go global. That's what you should want to do. You would, you should want to become a global league because basketball is a global sport. It's not like football. It's, uh, you know, or, or, or you know, certain sports. It's, it, it's very global. It's a universal language, much like we see soccer, much like how we see um, tennis, uh, track and field. It's a global language. And so the NBA has to do exactly what it needs to do. Um, I don't think that's a fault of the NBA. I think it's the fault of more analysts who cover the NBA, not putting these expectations on these European players versus, you know, American players or dare I say black American players. Um, I think there is a different standard. So that's not so much on the NBA as, as it is on analysts and reporters who cover the NBA and want to paint certain narratives. Speaking of the Nuggets, it definitely looks like they're going to finish the season in the one seed. Now, no shade towards Denver, but I'm very skeptical still that they'll make it to the NBA Finals. Are you skeptical on the Nuggets, or are you a believer in Denver? Hell yeah, I'm skeptical <laughs> of the Nuggets. Mr. Stat Patter himself, the Joker? Of course. <laughs> do, you, do you believe the comments about the stat padding, or, yes. or to what degree? To what degree? Because when you look at the you look at the shooting percentages, when you look at the way that guys are, are setting up to, to get shots or to get rebound, it, we, we, we criticize Russell Westbrook for doing it. And we saw evidence of him doing it at times. We've seen evidence of Joker doing it, which kind of goes back to Draymond's comment. You want to give Russell heat for it, but you don't want to give the Joker heat for the same type of thing. And there's been evidence. If you watch, even Stevie Wonder saw it. If you watch... <laughs> see evidence at times of joker stop patty and that's what it is let's not nickname the truth there is some validity comments whether it's from kendrick perkins whether it's from other analysts if you just watch the games a number of denver nugget games and i'm like yo is this what we're doing now and we're just gonna put a blanket over it and act like we're not gonna talk about the elephant in the room no but as far as to answer your other question, as far as the Denver Nuggets are concerned, yes, I'm, I'm absolutely skeptical because, again, you have the, the Phoenix Suns coming. I think Golden State's starting to get healthier. Um, they have the experience. Phoenix has the experience. Now you got, again, one of the most prolific scorers in the NBA and Kevin Durant. And once Kevin Durant gets kind of, as we say, his sea legs under him as far as in the Phoenix system and then in the fluidity of that offense, they could be a very dangerous team. Again, you look at the Los Angeles Clippers. You look at the Sacramento Kings. You look at the Memphis Grizzlies. Um Hopefully that, that 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 story that came out about John Morant, there's, there's no truth to it because I would hate and, God forbid, wish anything bad on that, that incredible young man. 
Uh, but sometimes if you put yourself in situations like that, that's what you expect. So hopefully there's no validity and no truth uh, to that story and that report about John Morant. And if that all comes clean, uh, you know, you can't, you, you gotta, you gotta respect John Moran and what he's been able to do with that team. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's a cakewalk for the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference. Not at all. Yeah, we definitely see eye to eye on that. I wanted to ask you, East or West, is there a team that you feel like is going to make some, maybe some unexpected noise come playoff time in either conference? Um, you know what? When I look at the Eastern Conference, I mean, it's going to be a neck and neck battle between Milwaukee and Boston. Um, but I'm looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm looking. I'm not saying the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to the NBA Finals. It's not five o'clock where I am. Um, so, you know, I don't. I'm not going to say I sit here like I'm drunk. But I think the Cleveland Cavaliers can make uh, make some make some noise. I mean, Spider Mitchell and those boys. They've been consistent in the East. I had a friend of mine, shout out uh, to my man, Chaz Pearson, who does a incredible podcast, The Outlet Forum. Um, he had been on me from the beginning of the season. Hey, man, I'm telling you, Cleveland going to finish top four. Like, yeah, right. This was before the Spider-Mitchell trade, right? So, like, I'm like, yeah, right. Hey, man, Cleveland ain't finishing no top four. You could, who the hell do they have, right? And lo and behold, Four seed, so I think they may. I mean, they may do some damage and merely put some teams on notice and maybe scare a few teams. Uh, I think they make it to at least the second round of the playoffs if they can all stay healthy. Uh, I think that's a team that people can be really be sleeping on. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers because they uh, like just kind of like the Sacramento Kings in the West. I think people kind of slept on the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East, uh, really didn't give them a lot of shine or attention. So, to answer your question, I think it may be, it may be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Running out of time here, Nick. Final 30 seconds. Quickly wanted to ask your thoughts on Luca and Kyrie. They're one and four as a duo. Do you think that this is going to work? Or how do you? what do you think about Dallas? It could work. I think it's just timing. I think guys have to find each other's rhythm, learn each other. Um, it's timing. And then the trade happened so late in the season. It's timing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that a lot of it has to do with do they have enough time to gel, but... I'm interested. Jihei, what do you think about it? Uh, about Dallas? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they, they need to get their groove, man. Like, I, and they need to get a, a little quicker, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm, I like Dallas. I, I like, I thought I liked where, where they were heading with this um, Kyrie trade, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you have two positions in the same, you have two guys in the same position. So is it going to work? Can it work? Can, can they maybe make adjustments here? Um, I guess we're just only time is going to to really tell. Um, guys, thank you so much, Nick, again, for coming on. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Um, until then, guys, this is the Rosh Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.